Hey, what's going on, podcasters? Let's acknowledge the good friends of the Law Party Podcast. The majestic restaurant and Pendergast Club carrying on Kansas City's tradition of great food and great jazz, 931 Broadway in Kansas City, Missouri. The J. Rieger Kansas City Distillery. Whiskey, gin, vodka. That is oh so good. And friend of the podcast and panelist, Lane Bowling. Managing to keep the podcast going. Apparently, whether or not. Now into our regularly scheduled program. Just not getting it, getting it. Uh, welcome everybody out there in podcast land. The Good Times with Good People Company proudly presents the Law Party Podcast, where it is always about good times, good people, and good talk. Please subscribe to the Law Party Podcast on YouTube, Facebook, and SoundCloud. Be sure to tell a friend and join in on the good talk. I'm your host and panel moderator, Rio, and let's introduce today's panel. First, we've got our returning champion, Chris O'Connor. He is the co-owner of Liquid Nine Broadcast Media Production. We have got Brian Massey. He is a data analyst for DST Systems. We've got Sean Simmons. Uh, he works for Taylor Farms. Am I correct? Yep. Taylor Farms. And he is our resident fruit and veggies man. That's right. And we're going to have him explain exactly what that means shortly. And then, of course, the anonymous female. Because she doesn't want you to know her name. But she is the right hand of the podcast, and we are so happy that she is here. So, first, let's talk about what are we drinking. Brian? I'm drinking the barrel-aged Manhattan. We happened to be out a couple days ago. Uh, Brian was with us. Uh, we both tried Manhattans at another location. We'll not give the name. Both were unimpressed. Uh, Brian actually finished his. He was being a very nice gentleman. Uh, I was going to finish mine, but it, I think I looked like I was disappointed in the drink, and my waitress brought me something else. So, just to show, the Barrel Age Manhattan is really tasty. Sean, what are we drinking? I am drinking Boulevard Brewery's Tank 7. Chris? This is the only time you'll ever hear me say, I do not have a drink tonight. I wow. still have to work and go to the gym after this. So. Wow. I'm not questioning, I'm not, this is, I... It, I'm thinking the sky is falling. I'm like, it feels like it's falling. The anonymous Chris didn't want me to be alone, so he's drinking water with me. Okay, okay. And you are holding down the uh, agua section uh, of, the, of the table. Uh, I am having um, a uh, Kirkland's brand, uh, a.k.a. Dewar's <laughs> Scotch and Tonic. And then, of course, what are we smoking? I see Brian is not smoking, so I'm going to give him the uh, you're not smoking face. <laughs> that silence was the face, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Sean, what are we smoking? Uh, this is a La Gloria Series R. It's a Esteli tobacco. It's a really good uh, smoke. I like the, uh, the Nicaraguan in it. It's very uh, peppery, very spicy. All right, that's good. Okay. Are we smoking today? I got to Chris, got to the gym. He, he got, he's got he nothing. He is trying to be healthy right this minute. He's got nothing. This is so strange for me right I now. I normally run at lunchtime. I didn't have a chance to do it today. So okay. All right. Gotta go. All right. I'm, uh, I'm going to uh, skip the anonymous female because I know she does not have anything to smoke. Uh, and she generally doesn't smoke on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. So that is not, uh, that is not news to me. Uh, I am having a uh, Mia Moore. Um, and uh, it is actually quite tasty. And so, 
that brings us to today's topic. I knew better, and I did it anyway. <laughs> so, as I'm scanning the faces in the room, I know, well, first, I'm scanning the faces and I see, I see people that are ready to tell their stories, but I know Brian has a story. So, why don't you start us off? You never start us off. Why don't you start us off? All right. So, at a time that I knew better, but I did it anyway. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a bit of a lead up to this story. I was, let's see, I would have been 17 at the time, so recently, uh, or soon to graduate high school. And uh, came up with this idea to start collecting half dollars in my hometown. Um, because I knew that part of the half dollars, if you got ones early enough, that they had silver in them. And they would be worth more than uh, the 50 cents that you'd have to pay for them at the bank. Uh, so at that point, I took what little money I had and started going around to all the banks uh, in my hometown and purchasing all the half dollars I could. And which, which wasn't too many. Uh, so I expanded my search to about a 60 mile radius. This is in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. So hitting all the small towns where farmers are. And uh, I started going to the different banks. I remember walking in a couple times and saying, hey, I need, uh, you, guys, you guys have any half dollars? And they'd turn and look at me and say, well, yeah, I mean, how many do you want? And I'd say, all of them. Of course, you'd get some weird looks and I'd pull out an nylon bag and then they'd just start pouring them in, you know. And, pay for them right there, take them back home. So I started this process. I'd get them back to my, my house, well, my parents' house, still lived with them, and uh, I'd start sorting the half dollars. And I would take out the ones that were worth more, put those up on eBay, and just start selling them that way. Uh, eventually, and it didn't take long, a couple weeks, uh, I ran out of half dollars to purchase from the banks. And the ones that weren't worth any extra, I would just send them to another bank in my town and just exchange it for 50 cents, so I wasn't losing any money. Uh, but I wanted to, that was the point where it was, all right, I was probably doing, doing fine and I should draw the line. Um, and I knew better, uh, but I decided I'm going to do it anyway. And I started ordering half dollars from the Federal Reserve. Uh, so I, I got in a, um, sort of a, a business relationship with the bank um, there in my hometown and started ordering half dollars every week. Started off with $2,000 worth, uh, so they came in, in boxes of uh, $500 worth. So, you know, those four boxes come in, and the next week order another four boxes, sort through them, and, uh, you know, I thought, this is going pretty well. I started marking all of them, so if I, the ones that I returned, if I saw they were marked, then I wouldn't have to go through them again. So I just sent them back to the Federal Reserve. And eventually got up to ordering about $8,000 worth every week. And <laughs> the, lady, the lady at the bank would... Uh, <coughs> wait, wait, what's that? You need to see the amazed faces right now around the table. This is amazing. I love this story. So, uh, I, I mean, at this point, I thought I got past the... You know, I knew better, uh, but I did it anyway. I thought, well... Yeah. Wait, so everything's going pretty well, so did there's he, no like, problem. Did he break the shocks or something, or have to change vehicles or something? Yeah, yeah. So every week there was an order. <laughs> it was uh, so heavy. <laughs> and on on yeah. Thursday, the lady at the bank would call me, and I'd say, "Yep, I'll be there to pick them up in the morning." Every Friday, I'd go pick them up, and I had a Honda at the time, and the, the coins became so heavy for my Honda, which it doesn't take that much to 
to weigh it down, but I had to start borrowing a truck because it was it was bad for my car. <laughs> I couldn't get in and out of the out of the parking lot there. Uh, so a Thursday came along and I didn't get the call from the bank, which was very strange after a couple months of doing this. And so on Friday morning, I called and I said, "Hey, I said, uh, you know, this is Brian. Uh, you guys have my coins in." To which they quickly respond, uh, yeah, we need to ask you some questions. Uh, they said, we did not get your order in, but we, uh, as the bank, were actually being audited. Uh, and then they the said in return, bank. yeah, the entire bank was being audited. And all the branches there in my hometown, which there was Sweet. three. Uh, and in return, I was being audited. Uh, and they set up extra time where the folks from the Federal Reserve here in Kansas City went down there uh, to have a conversation with me. Uh, they were asking what I was doing with all these coins. They suspected I was money laundering and drug trafficking, actually, was, was what they were thinking. Uh, my parents were freaking out. Freaking out. Uh, so they actually came to the house. Uh, they said, if you have all these, you need to show them. Went to, went to the room. I was keeping them all in, and there were just stacks of half dollars everywhere on grids that I had laid out uh, to sort them. Uh, and then I explained to them, I said, hey, these have silver in them. They said, yeah, you're right. You know, it's illegal to uh, deface U.S. currency. So then at that point, they were ready to bust me for melting them down. And I said, whoa. I said, I'm selling all these on eBay. And so they said, all right, well, we were you have to give us your list of everyone you've sold, on, sold these on eBay. And so I said, so that's, you know, parents sitting in the living room with their face in their hands just thinking, this guy, what is he doing? Is he going to jail? And I'm smiling because I, I kind of knew the... I pushed the limits, but I was standing right on the right on the good side. I knew the law. Uh, I knew the law, and then uh, so I handed those over, and then they suggested that I stop doing that. Strongly suggested. Uh, to which I smiled and said, "Hey, I flooded the market anyway, so it's not really worth it anymore." Okay. And, uh, that was it. That was, so, how much were you making? So I was working between three and five hours a week, and I was making around a hundred. Hundred to one hundred fifty dollars an hour. That's yeah. pretty good. So, so it was. Well, but I say for uh, for a a high school business, <laughs> you were making more than most teenagers your age. So. But you know what you learned from this? How to launder money. <laughs> the only bad thing is you learned how to get caught doing it. <laughs> but you know what? You can do it for three months before anyone catches, catches you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I just got to get really, really rich in three months. Yeah. I mean, quick. In 50 cent pieces. Really yeah. laundry yeah. some money. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. That is awesome. That is a great story, though. I'm actually blown away that's so legal. Like, I don't that seems crazy to me that the feds would get. I think it was that. the amount he was ordering. I get. It. I mean, yeah, I get it. I mean, I get it. If, and if had you been truly laundering money or something, I get it. That would be a tip off. But when they got there and like, oh, it's just a kid just selling stuff on eBay, which drug I think trafficking. You can do, can't you? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big deal. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you were going to put me in the federal pen for selling coins on eBay. Right. Let's have at it. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. And if you do go to jail, that's when you tell me you were doing money laundering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that you would have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You got to tell yourself, mate. You're I'm in there for something. on eBay. It's yeah. not going to cut it. Yeah. So, dollars on eBay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so what you in for?
eBay. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a good look. <laughs> not even sure which game you joined at that point. I know. That's when you go to minimum security and you're like with Bernie Madoff. That's, that's, I know. That's I know. That's where you hope you get exactly. sent. Yeah. I know. Like you, it's like, so what, you defrauded what, billions? So what about you? Yeah, about $8,000. <laughs> 50 cent pieces. He'd be fascinated. Really? I was not robbing people until I was a grown man. Wow. <laughs> you got a bright future ahead of you, kid. <laughs> when you get out, I got some numbers for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Sean? You know, the, the problem is, I keep thinking about this, and the only thing that keeps coming back to is uh, girls I've dated. Okay. Like, I knew better, but I did it anyways. Well, you, yeah. you missed the, the, I dodged a bullet, so it's kind of perfect. Yeah. Uh, so, I, one of the more innocent ones, but kind of kind of funny, uh, especially for any of the listeners who are in the Kansas City area. Um, so, this happened a long, long time ago, kind of when I was in uh, uh, high school. Uh, I was a Boy Scout. Uh, that might be shocking for some people who know me, but uh, but I was a Boy Scout, and uh, one year they decided to have this jamboree with all the Boy Scouts and all the Girl Scouts at Swope Park over there by uh, um, the um, Starlight Theater and all that kind of stuff, right? So, you know, you got all these boys together, you got all these girls together, and me and a buddy of mine uh, that I played football and wrestled with, we decided, okay, we'll, we'll kind of scout it out, you know, Pun intended, you know, check out the talent, check out the girls, all that kind of stuff. And ran into a couple girls, and, you know, we pull them off the side. We start talking, start chatting, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And we disappear. If you've ever go to Starlight and you look at Starlight from the, the front, you see those two big, tall uh, towers that are right there, right there. So me and him take these girls up to the towers, you know, so we go all the way up to the top. And and after a while, the scoutmaster realizes we're not around, you know, and, and they get on the PA system looking for us, no answer. And one of the Girl Scout masters gets on the PA system because they're looking for two of their Girl Scouts. They get on the PA system and they can't find him. And of course, our scoutmaster, being a smart guy, goes, Wait a minute, you two girls missing? And he knows about the two guys. He's like, Okay, we know where your girls are at. Now we just got to find out where yeah, our guys are at. You know? So, of course, we get, uh, we get caught up in the towers with uh, these two girls. Um, but at the time, it was like, you know, you knew you shouldn't have gone up there, but heck, you do it anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you do it anyways. Yeah. 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 And that, seemed, yeah, that seems like the, the prevailing logic when you're that young. Oh, yeah. But you do it anyways. Yeah, so any, any real trouble from that situation? From that one, no. I uh, started dating the girl. That, <laughs> that lasted... Uh, I think it might have lasted a couple months. For me, it only lasted a couple weeks, but I think for her, it lasted a lot longer. <laughs> there were more phone calls coming in than they were going out of the house. You know? Yeah, yeah. So. <clears throat> that was good. That's funny. Chris? Uh, so, yeah, this is, this is pretty stupid. Um, <laughs> All right. It, and they always... I, the maxim never do business with family is probably the truest one in the entire world. But, so my company, we're just a service-based business. Pretty easy to get in out of it. And I was always worried that we didn't have, like, a real asset-based business. Hmm. So my brother-in-law 
had a steam extractor to on the plane that's up in Emporia. Mm. I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, it's, I like their sandwiches. They're pretty good. They seem to make money. They thought I'd kill it in a college town. The way franchises were given to buy a market. So the closest market that wasn't owned was in Lincoln, Nebraska. That's where it perfect. Yeah. And this will destroy it in, in University of Nebraska. They'll love it. College kids will eat this stuff up. It'll be great. So spent a lot of money on the construction, open the, the restaurant. It's not making us doing as well as we thought. It's slowly going down, slowly going down. And my brother-in-law, who was absolutely going to be managing it and running it, because I had Liquid Nine, my own full-time right, right, business, right. that didn't happen. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm driving up there every Thursday night right after work, and then coming back on every Monday morning to get to Liquid Nine on time. And this goes on for like a year, and finally I just said, listen, cannot do this anymore. I had to shut it down. <laughs> and uh, $500,000 later, wow. I learned to never invest in a sandwich shop wow. <laughs> or a business outside of your immediate control. Mm. But uh, it, yeah, that was a brutal, yes. harsh lesson. That was an expensive lesson. That one hurt. So that was an expensive the stupidest lesson. thing I've ever done in my life. And you know what the, the funny thing, though, is? Is... I think I would have made that same mistake. You would have thought something like that in Lincoln, Nebraska. Would have worked. Would have worked, yeah. yeah. Well, and and with family. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't working. He was, he was retired, you know, and all this kind of stuff, and had done really well in his retirement pension stuff. So he's like, yeah, I got plenty of time. And then they ended up having a kid and adopting another kid, so he became a stay-at-home dad. And I'm like, well, dude, I still got a job, bro. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I cannot stay down here and run this thing. No, and you can't pay a kid enough to, you know, not rob you blind. So that's all that was going on. They were just stealing money right on off. So, well, this sucks. So, lesson learned. Don't do that again. Lesson learned. And I was female. Well, mine's not as exciting, and it probably hasn't been since uh, I was probably, well, it was before I could actually drive, so I had to have been 14 or 15. Uh, I stayed with a girlfriend, you know, and she had some farmland, and her brother was out, and he had this really nice, I can't even tell you what year it was, it would have been in like a 60-something Mustang. Mm. And um, we decided we were we were bored at the house, so we were gonna take it and go somewhere. Well, neither one of us knew how to drive. <laughs> really knew how to drive. Much less a Mustang. <laughs> that, and I'm pretty sure at that time it was no power steering, no power brakes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going down this gravel road and a little faster than we should have been and kind of went off into a ditch and checked the car out. We didn't even make it down the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, checked the car, no, no problem, no problem, everything's fine. Let, you know what, maybe we shouldn't do this. Let's just go home. No, no, let's go. So we leave, we come back, on the way back, hit the gravel road, go in the ditch again. When we're trying, Still no marks on the car. We did good. <laughs> Go to back up because somehow we're kind of sideways and hit a fence post. <laughs> well, we didn't think there were really any marks on the car, really. Like, nobody's going to notice that. So we parked it, went to bed. 
her brother was furious, <laughs> got her up the next day, yelled at her, sent me home, and I was never allowed over there again. <laughs> you were bad, and you almost escaped, too. I almost did. <laughs> and now you see why. She's she's all over everybody else's bad influence. <laughs> I can't I can't be the bad influence anymore. I can't. <laughs> I was really surprised. Like I don't even know if my mom and dad ever knew about that. Oh, okay. You know, like yeah. he didn't he didn't call my parents and tell them and. It just go away. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, pretty much. Just, just go away. Don't just come go. back. Yeah, that's funny. So yes, um, I I knew better and did it anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm with you, Sean. Like most of mine go back to girls I shouldn't have messed with. <laughs> yep. And uh I'm sure there was plenty of other things that I knew better and did it anyway, but I remember okay, so I got a I got a friend who at times is a little overly needy. And uh we've never had the same taste in girls. But he was kind of scoping out this one girl, and she was cute. But he wasn't going, he was, he just wasn't going for it. I don't, I don't know what it was. And then she was kind of flirting with me. So I was like, well, if he's not going for it, I'm going for it. <laughs> so right there is a, I knew I, I knew I shouldn't have, but I did it anyway. So wind up dating this girl for a few months, and, uh, I'm trying to describe the, the type of crazy. Because <laughs> I, think, I think everybody thinks their ex-girlfriends or ex-whatevers are crazy. But I'm trying to describe the type of crazy. Like, like we used to... We, first of all, we used to call her... Her kind of nicknames behind her back were either uh, Whoppers or Choppers. So, she used to tell massive lies. Just Whoppers. Just... <laughs> fish stories. It was just ridiculous. Like, I remember one time she actually said, because she had gone to she had gone to New York for a week, and or whatever, and when she actually came back and she started talking about, oh, it was so great, it was so fabulous, wound up going and, and the way she would tell lies was, she like, she would tell lies about like, she did something with a celebrity. But she wouldn't use their celebrity name. She used their government name. So <laughs> she was like, "So yeah, so I went to lunch with, with you know, with you know, Sean and, and and Natasha and blah blah." And I'm like, uh, "Sean and Natasha." She was like, "Oh, Jay Z and such and such and so like whoever the you know." And I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like I was like, I remember the first time, the first time she she told the whopper it was me. And, my, and another one of my friends, all we could do was look at each other like, did she just, did she just lie on that level? Like, like no, 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 don't stop me. Like, I want to see where this goes. <laughs> like, it actually became entertaining for a couple of months just to listen to how big a lie she would come up with. And uh, so that was why she, why Whoppers was, was one of her nicknames. Choppers, the other, the second reason why I knew but I sh and I shouldn't have did. But so, uh, like just standing there, you know, maybe kind of giving you the little, kind of just a little smirk or whatever. Soup cute girl. 
an actual smile, her grill was crashed. <laughs> oh my God, her teeth were horrible. I don't know what. She had like, like you know when they make fun of British people? Uh, yeah. Like that's kind of teeth she had. Like her teeth was smashed. So like she was cute if she didn't smile at you. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so you like tried to keep her mad all the time, so she went and opened her mouth. I was like, it wasn't that funny. It wasn't that funny. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like it was. Yeah, it was like, like as long as she wasn't smiling, she was super cute. Anyway, so that went, that went on. That went on for two or three months, and I I just couldn't keep it up. It was, I knew I knew I shouldn't have been there anyway, and you know, like I said, just just the, the whole. She was never allowed to to smile or laugh was enough. But then I think that last I think it was I think it was the the, the I went to lunch with Jay Z story. That was the that was the <laughs> that was the end of it. I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I just these these lies are getting larger and larger every day. Like at least at first they were like local celebrities and people there. Huh? That's probable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that could happen. Unlikely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. unlikely, maybe, but yeah. but maybe. Yeah, maybe. yeah. By the time you got to you had lunch with Jay Z and Foxy Brown, I'm like, okay, look. <laughs> <laughs> like this is this has gotten out of hand. Like I, I just I I can't take anything you say seriously. This is ridiculous. <laughs> just stop talking. About it. <laughs> so actually today, um, I have got uh, I had an idea for a new game. Um, this is uh, actually uh, fairly should be a fairly quick game, and but before we play it or even give you the name of it, I want to get back to uh, when I said that Sean was our resident fruit and veggie man. What does that mean, Sean? Um, so I've spent about 13 years in the produce industry. Uh, I worked uh, about over uh, 10 years with Dole and about three years with Taylor Farms. Um, in, in most of my roles, it's always been sales, um, and, and that encompasses a lot of different things between sales as well as accounts receivable, as well as having to manage the trucking with a lot of the, the and distribution of a lot of the products that I deal with. Uh, visiting farms, going down into the tropics, uh, Honduras and Costa Rica, and, and going through a lot of those. Um, now with uh, Taylor Farms, what I do is more of a, a training kind of a, a position. Uh, still, every once in a while, I go to the farms, California, Arizona, uh, go through the uh, packing facilities, the new plants, some of them that we have in California and down in Texas. Um, and then I work with one customer. I, I, it's one of the largest customers in the U.S., and I work more closely with them. Everything I do is uh, I have an NDA with them, so I have a lot of access to their information that uh, is basically a non-disclosure agreement that keeps me from going back to my company and telling them stuff that... Uh, that my customer doesn't want them to know. Um, but I work closely with that customer. I actually talk to my boss like once a month and I spend all my time working just with that customer. I travel all throughout the United States where they have locations and I go through and I uh, basically what I do is I manage their handling process, uh, making sure that they follow the right procedures uh, for food safety reasons as well as for the best quality as well as we kind of sometimes we get into the numbers of trying to figure out where their mistakes are, how that's affecting their sales, and how we can rectify those sales and increase their business costs overall. Um, and then I work closely with the customer's higher management 
uh, the, the VP of produce, um, uh, the buyers, all those kind of guys to go over guidelines, go over trends, go over uh, things that we might be catching that they may not be seeing. Because, uh, again, a lot of these guys, they're just looking at black and white and they don't see all the day-to-day -day stuff that we kind of really work with on, a, on, on our end. Uh, and we influence and try to push certain things. Sometimes it, it happens. Sometimes we get some of the things we want and sometimes it doesn't happen.